Hey guys, and welcome! It's another episode of Oto. Tonight's episode is about video games! And this is one that was requested on our Facebook, and I've been looking forward to doing this episode, so I'm glad it's one of our first uh, after our break there. With me tonight is Dustin from Geek Juice Media. Hello. I'm uh I'm head of gaming at uh, Geek Juice Media, so of course I am pretty honored that Cassandra asked me. Because really, who else were you gonna ask onto the show? Iason. <laughs> well, come on, what does he know about video? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Could have asked either one of you to be honest. And uh, truthfully, uh, both Evanor uh, and Aaron, two of my co-hosts here on Oto, they do uh, do a lot of gaming themselves, but neither one of them were really available. Aaron's in the middle of a long-distance move, and Ev's busy at work. So we're lucky to have Dustin here tonight, so hope you guys uh, enjoy his picks this evening, because there's some really great tracks coming up. I think your co-hosts, they, they didn't show up because they heard I was going to be on the show. They heard my name, looked me up on Geek Juice, saw my content, and they're like, oh, this guy. Okay. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, because your name is just that well-known. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just plastered all over Geek Juice and everything. Like, I'm... <laughs> all right as Dustin a... guy yeah <laughs> tonight's episode is all about video game music and this will be the first installment of many i hope and in our first block tonight uh we've got songs from two of my favorite rpg franchises and that being the tales series and the mana series First up is uh, a song from uh, Tales of Fantasia, the first Tales game. That uh, was released on the PlayStation in 1998. Before that, it was released in 1996 for the Super Famicom. It never did make it over here onto the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. So my first introduction to this was through fan translation on emulators. And I found it to be one of the most enjoyable RPG experiences I had had up until that point. And just really engaging story, innovative combat system, and it only got better uh, with the PlayStation release and the Game Boy Advance release, uh, which I believe did eventually get brought over here. And the song we're playing is from the PlayStation release, and it's called Yume wa Owaranai Kobore Ochiru Toki no Shizuku. Long title, I know. <laughs> and it's sung by uh, Yomi. Though originally in the Super Famicom and for the Game Boy Advance versions, it was sung by a uh, vocalist uh, whose name is Yoshida Yukari. Uh, unfortunately, by the time the PlayStation version got released, uh, she had uh, gotten married and had some children and had left the music scene entirely. So what we're playing tonight is from the PlayStation version by Yomi. And following that, uh, we've got the Legend of Mana theme song called The Song of Mana. And that is uh, from producer, uh, composer rather, Shimomura Yoko, who is my, one of my absolute favorite video game composers. You may know her work from the Parasite Eve series. Ooh. Oh yeah, no, I know Parasite Eve. <laughs> <laughs> I love Parasite Eve. Parasite Eve is one of my all-time favorite games. Yoko-san's work is unique for any game that uh, she does music for. And uh, the song we're playing tonight, Song of Mana, very interesting um, array of uh, musical instruments being used. But it's actually sung by um, a 
European uh, artist named Annika Lujemberg. I think I said that right. <laughs> <laughs> Better than I could say it. No worries. <laughs> but uh, I'm a huge fan of the Second and Sensu series, and that is uh, Secret of Mana, and then Legend of Mana, and um, onward. Again, another one of my introductions to fan-translated games would have been uh, Second and Sensu 3, which, again, didn't get a release over here, was only available for the Super Famicom. Really brilliant game. I remember it uh, at some point was going to be brought over here because I subscribed to Nintendo Power back then. And there was actually... When it was still actually, like, alive. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this was back in the mid-90s, so I'm not showing Oh, my this age, is, like, way, I? way back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I subscribed to Nintendo Power, and they actually had an article advertising Secret of Mana 2. And it just, it never came about. Uh, around that time, they were doing development for the PlayStation, and Square Games were more focused on that. And mm-hmm. as with any later uh, Super Famicom games from Square, uh, it ended up getting killed by Final Fantasy VII. So. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> and uh, that's also the case for, um, I believe it's uh, Bahamut Lagoon, fell into oh, that yeah, same yeah. loophole. The killer Square Enix in Final Fantasy VII. Like it's <laughs> yeah, Final Fantasy VII killed the opportunity for, for many, many yeah. Square RPGs of getting over. I believe uh, Live Alive also fell into that, that yeah. abyss. So that's uh, three Square. amazing RPGs that just never came over. So yeah, while we, I... uh, we miss out on the chance of a lot of games over in North America because just... Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I have such a love-hate relationship with Final Fantasy VII. It is my fiance's favorite game of all time. We get in arguments because uh, I get mad at the series for just what it meant that the U.S. market and European market just did not get to experience. <laughs> yeah, I, I have my own experience with Final Fantasy VII, and uh, it's not favorable to the mass public. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I tell you, he has a love-hate relationship with it, too, because on his first playthrough, he's a power gamer. So he's yeah. like to get uh, everyone to level 99 as soon as mm. possible. So his first playthrough, he ended up getting Eris to level 99. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you need to call spoilers on that one. I think it's pretty common knowledge, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was ticked off, to say the least. The very least. Some controller throwing going on there. <laughs> Definitely some <laughs> controller throwing. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're going to get right into it. Uh, this is Yomi with uh, Yume wa Owaranai, Shinomura Yoko with Song of Mana.
And that was Yomi with Yume Wa Owaranai from Tales of Fantasia. Oh, oh me uh, butchering this language is, is a pretty common occurrence on this show. <laughs> like I said before, it's a lot better than uh, I could do. Uh, I'm sure Joski has butchered some Japanese on here as well. Uh, more than his fair share. More than his. Fair yeah. Share. See, at least with his creation videos, he has a second take on that. <laughs> <laughs> Not here. Uh, <laughs> that was Yomi with uh, Yumi wa Owaranai from Tales of Fantasia. Shimomura Yoko uh, with Song of Mana sung by Anika Lugenberg. Lugenberg. Oh, God, I did it again. Uh, our next block is one I've been looking forward to all week to get to talk about because it's a video game genre that's close to both yours and my hearts. And Absolutely. that's uh, survival horror. Very underrated genre, in my opinion. Very few titles, actually, you know. when Once you, like, look through it and try and find, like... Like, like it's not as big as adventure titles or... Uh, or even JRPGs RPG. yeah. that we just played. Uh, JRPGs, you know, you can list titles till infinity and, and not come up with a double title. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Survival horror, uh, we may have, you know, 50 titles that actually fall under the definition of survival horror. That's including things that may only contain an aspect or two, like uh, the Dead Space series, which is a little bit more of a shooter type uh, environment. I would say the first one, the first one is definitely a survival horror, but you look yes. at the second one where you um, get these big weapons and that kind of stuff, and it becomes more action kind of based and everything. And then you look at the third one where it's exactly that. <laughs> and that's what I don't want in a survival horror. If you have an ammo fairy, yeah. uh, it, it's... It, kills it for me it kills the well, atmosphere it takes you out of the story i don't like it and that's the thing with the first one and everything is like you're always struggling with ammo i found mm -hmm. and i loved that because it, it's basically it, it's how i felt kind of it was aliens that last scene where the alien is uh in the little ship with uh sigourney weaver with ripley <laughs> it's kind of like that expanded to like a game length and you're going around this ship that's Right. It's, it's it's very scary. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's very like um claustrophobic and you you don't have much ammo. You have to like save your ammo and think and shoot strategically in order to stop the necromorphs and stuff because if you waste your ammo, you're kind of screwed. And another series that completely 180 and went right off the uh did a backflip off the action cliff is uh, is Resident Evil. And honestly, completely you look at the agree. I like the series up until, like, I liked 5, but 6, I just, I... I didn't get through 5. I, I'll really? be honest, I didn't finish it. I, I It was a Gamefly rental, and mm. there was just other things that had come out that I wanted to play, so I never finished it, and I've always felt bad for not finishing it. Oh, yeah. I, I would say don't finish it. Don't finish it for the, the horror aspects or the gameplay. Finish it for the story. Right. And the experience, because that it's it's a good story that ties in with the rest of the uh, Resident Evil series, because it does have like a big part of that and everything. You get like a return of Jill and that kind of stuff, Chris and everything and Wesker and all this stuff. And it's because I've, I've always found the Resident Evil uh, storyline intriguing and, and mm -hmm. interesting. It, it just seems to have ta I've just become less and less interested in the games that get put out. Yeah, don't touch any of the ones that came out in recent years. So Resident Evil 6 or uh, Operation Raccoon City. They're just, to be blunt about it, awful. They're <laughs> terrible. Just so many aspects about them. 
the thing is, like, I everyone was going crazy about six, but I was just I was not on board with it and everything. And then I finally and I went into it unbiased. People are gonna say like, oh, you hated it from before you even played, and it's just like, eh. just it it was showing a lot of stuff that I couldn't get behind, you know. And then with Operation Raccoon City, that was just a flop and like and people were are always go on about like four saying that's the best in this series but i'm sorry two is i, I agree two is such a good perfection of what that series at the height of its like popularity was and like a survival horror and then if you want story if you want like a good story and that kind of stuff look at code veronica Right. I loved Code Veronica. And that is so underrated, because people always shit on that one. Sorry if I'm not allowed to swear. (laughs) Uh, You are Uh, now. uh, We're allowed to swear here on the show. Um, That uh, was uh, put in place a few months ago, so yay, we we get to say shit. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, uh, a lot of people rag on uh, Code Veronica, yet they haven't really given it a chance. And honestly, it's a lot better, in my opinion, to... It's a lot better than four, in my opinion, because four it just seems like they're like, okay, how can we? It seemed kind of a non sequitur in in tone. Yeah, because four it was just like a step aside, and it's just like, hey, let's get away from this atmosphere that we created in this kind of game style, and let's make it this, you know, like yeah. this sort of action survival horror well, over the shoulder away, you know yeah, it, taking away the survival aspect because honestly playing as leon kennedy in that you're not really trying to survive you're just anytime you play someone with, with military or police or any kind of official training yeah. that kind of takes it out for me as well uh, i'm sorry when you're when you're spin kicking uh spanish villagers in the head <laughs> it's not a survival horror game, you know. Right, right. When when your character is not in the least bit uncomfortable and kind of put in a situation where they're not in control and they don't know what to do, where in that entire game, Leon Kennedy's just like, okay, I'm gonna kick everyone's ass, and that's cool. Okay, let's do this. You know, it, yep. it's not that. It's not that. Like, it's not that major aspect of survival horror of characters put in a situation that they don't understand and that they don't have control of and basically victimizing those characters Mm -hmm. because that's what you want because they want to survive you want them to survive and it's a struggle to survive and you don't know what's going to happen that creates the atmosphere and horror of it and that's why without throughout the series i feel Claire Redfield is easily the strongest character because she's not part of some cop squad or anything. She has no military background. She's not this like badass who's drop kicking zombies and tyrants <laughs> and stuff. You know, right. she was never that. She was just this girl who wandered into Raccoon City, wrong place, wrong time, looking for her cop brother. You know, and that's just a more interesting character to me. Oh, absolutely. And seeing uh, her development and getting more into um, this whole thing with with Umbrella and stuff, it's way more interesting. And it's co- it's kind of ridiculous that she's easily their strongest and most developed character, and they don't have her in any of the later games. Like, you look at uh, Six and that, and she's just nowhere to be seen. Now, uh, we've been talking a lot about Resident Evil and, and where it's gone. No, that's not the song. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I'm getting to. I'm kind of pushing us into the right direction here. 
in uh, this upcoming block, we've got uh, two songs from two different franchises that actually, in my opinion, truly represent uh, what survival horror is. It um, would be our first song is Cho, the theme song to Fatal Frame 2, and that is sung by Tsukiko Amano. And uh, we have uh, played her before in uh, previous episodes of Oto, uh, some of her newer material that is more geared towards a younger audience. But this was when she was working for game companies, and she did theme for um, Fatal Frame 2, 3, and 4, which didn't get a U.S. release. Uh, and after that, uh, we've got a uh, song by uh, Yamaoka Akira called uh, You're Not Here, which is from Silent Hill 3, and it is sung by Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, who Akira loves to use on Silent Hill tracks. Oh, absolutely. Even like uh, when he switched over to Shadows of the Damned, he, uh, which he composed, she uh, sang on a few tracks there. So they, they work a lot together. So we're going to get into these tracks, and we'll be back more to talk about survival horror, because I have a feeling this conversation is not over. <laughs> <laughs> so here's uh, Sukiko Amano with Cho, and Yamaoka Akira, uh, Akira with You're Not Here, sung by Mary Elizabeth Micklin.
That was Tsukiko Amano with Cho from Fatal Frame 2 and Yamaoka Akira with You're Not Here from Silent Hill 3. I, as I said before we got into the songs, I adore these two franchises. They are one of my favorites in this genre. And I think Fatal Frame does not get the credit it deserves as a survival horror title. It definitely doesn't because you'll get, obviously talking to people, you'll get like Resident Evil, Silent mm-hmm. Hill, mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of stuff. You, you, you'll rarely ever hear Fatal Frame. Like it may get mentioned, but it doesn't get as praised as those other series, even though it's so interesting, creative. But like as you get later on in the series and that kind of stuff, it kind of, it doesn't live up to the earlier titles, you know, but it's still great. I did great, enjoy but... 3. Uh, I haven't played 4. Uh, as I said previously, is kinda like it a didn't get brought over, um, and I, I didn't bother modding my Wii when I had one, so I've not actually played it. Uh, I had planned to sit and watch a playthrough of it on YouTube or something at some point, but uh, just, you know, things came up in life, and I never got around to it. But I did enjoy 3, loved yeah. 2, adored 1, and Fatal Frame 1 is is the first and only survival horror game that's actually scared me. And it's the <laughs> moment where you're after the um, o- the um, researcher, the, the older gentleman, and you're in that shrine, and your detector's going off and going off, and this is spoiler alert, guys. So, and you're looking around, and you can't find him, and then it dawns on you to look up. Mm. <laughs> that scared the bejeebus out of me. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had some scares with that game also. And just like the atmosphere talking, cannot be beat. I, I'd say like the only one that can really surpass it is Silent Hill. Like Silent Hill is those games are just the masters of like atmosphere yeah. for survival horror with like the music, the tone. They know exactly when to like how to set up an atmosphere. Now, don't get me wrong. And, I've gotten chills from the Silent Hill games. Oh, yeah. But I've never actually, you know, jump scare, been effective, you know, that. But type that's of the thing. thing. That's the thing with uh, Silent Hill is they don't go for that jump exactly. scare. They let you create that own that fear of your own like it it's it, almost love crafty and in words of fear of the unknown it's what you don't see that actually sends the chills up your spine than than oh, what's actually being shown it, like, it's it, that music that brilliant score by akira is just it, it hits you to your core well and then also the lack thereof because yes. you get moments where you enter a room and it's just dark and that itself is just like it, it's dark it's silent and that alone can be really scary the the game is really brilliant in its sound design if you look at the earlier series and stuff like it's just so well done they know when they should be having a soundtrack and stuff like for example in number two when you're going through the prison and everything that entire time where you're going down these like jail halls with all the cells and that kind of stuff and you hear what you think is a pyramid head and it just that personally freaked me out so much because you're hearing it but you're not seeing him and you're like okay i'm gonna run into him i'm gonna run into him like i i eventually i'm gonna run into him and you but never the, the do, scene where you're running that, from yeah. him into what was really effective for me oh yeah uh, that was just a, a brilliantly done uh, mm-hmm. how they did that where you're you're running for your life and you actually feel like it has consequence if you're not hauling ass you're going yeah. to die See, that's, that's the thing. This series does it so well and stuff when it it wants to be scary and that kind of stuff. And of course, I'm talking about earlier series. I'm talking to one, one to four. Mm-hmm. And I do 
include four into the original series. I do as well. I think uh, four got a lot of flack, but especially in retrospect, uh, comparing it to ho- Homecoming or, or newer games, it really does feel like a Silent Hill game. And a lot of people were saying when it came out, this, this doesn't feel like Silent Hill. Uh, the only the only one that I says would say that lives up to like the original and I'd say give a shot playing is Shattered Memories because that one's actually a decent one. It's a really fun one that the story's interesting and it's an interesting take on the original. So I'd say that one that. didn't have a Wii by the time it came out. Oh. And I uh, didn't have a PS2 uh, by the time the re-release happened. So I missed out on that one. I do want to play it, though. So Ooh, definitely. I'll, I'll oh, find yeah. a way to, to get my hands on it and play it. But but with the, with four, the, everyone rags on that one, saying like, oh, it wasn't part of the series, it wasn't the same team. But it was the same team. A majority, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't the full Team Silent. You know, it was a part of Team Silent. And when they changed, decided that this was going to be a Silent Hill game, they decided that before they even developed it. So people saying that last minute that they changed it and turned it into a Silent Hill game. No, this was a Silent Hill game for a long time in the development of this game. And I felt, it was, I felt it was that, early in the process that they decided to do that. And I felt that it was a interesting way to expand the universe. Because you did mm-hmm. get an opportunity to see characters that were not directly involved with the, the first three games. But... They were. You you had uh, James's father. You had mm-hmm. um, the fact that uh, the the protagonist and and uh, well the antagonist rather was uh, connected to the cult. It was connected to this universe, and it was a clever way of expanding upon it, even though the initial trilogy storyline was over. Well, the the thing is, he the connections between the stories and everything is one obviously connects to three and two connects four. Right. Uh, there isn't much connection between like four and three or four and one or uh, two and three and two and one. Like there's very little connection between the two. Obviously in two and three, you go to some of the same places and everything, yeah. but there's no indication of like which year, how long apart they are. You only get that between like one and three and two and four. Because in 2, you actually find a news clipping that speaks about Walter and spoilers how... Well, no, that's not spoilers because you find about that pretty early in 4 and everything. Like how he killed himself when he was in prison and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. You you learn about that and you get that reference of time between the series and everything. And it did set up more of a benchmark in where things happened uh, in mm-hmm. the course of, of actual time. Uh, you you got to know, you know, okay, it's been so many years since this event happened, okay, and then James went missing at this particular time, and and all the, you know, you actually get place, you know, in an actual stream of time when things yeah. occur. And it was the yeah. first one really to do that and to kind of set that that first standard. Honestly, if you if you haven't played four, go play four. It's a good game. It's a great it game is. actually. It's really fun. It's interesting. It takes a new take on the approach to the series, yet keeping that original Silent Hill feel. Yeah, of course, like you have the whole apartment aspect, but it it fits in the series. And I'd say it fits a lot better than some of the later storylines in the the games that just sort of throw the town in there. And it's like, 
Yeah, I don't... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, I'm with you. Yeah, <laughs> downpour. All right, All right. <laughs> we've been uh, talking a lot about survival horror, but I talk a little bit about um, our upcoming songs, which uh, uh, aren't uh, in that genre at all. First one is the Max Payne 3 theme by a group called Health, and the song is called Tears. It's a pretty decent industrial track, tra- eh, pretty decent industrial track, and it makes me want to check out the game. So. Oh, absolutely, and and this the soundtrack for this game is amazing. It is so well done, and it's great. Like I personally have it on my iPod, and I've listened through it so many times. And honestly, the game is great itself. There's a lot of emotion and power behind this song, especially in the game when you hear it in this game. It's a very intense moment and kind of like a last stand for Max and everything that's very well done, very powerful, and it very much draws you in. In that moment, it really drew me in playing this game. Like when that came, like this track, it started playing and everything. It started playing like an instrumental version of it. And then once it got to like a more intense part, it started like full on playing the song. And I was just mesmerized by, by it. And it's like, wow, this is really hitting me like, really emotionally and stuff and that's the thing with these games with max Payne, they're very emotional deep games and same with metal gear solid and we'll get into that they're very cinematic emotional games and that's the thing is games should be hitting you on an emotional level with their storytelling their experience it should be an experience to play video games and with the max Payne series it very much is an experience but with when you get to three seeing that and seeing the struggles of Max himself throughout the series and up till that point and how he's essentially trying to cope with them and on many levels failing to, you really feel for him and get on his level and just like it really hits you emotionally. And that's why I love this series. It's so well written, so well done. And you just care for Max and he constantly gets the shit beaten out of him. You just want him to see him thrive and redeem himself, be on top, you know? Even though he sees himself as this this low down beat kind of can't redeem himself kind of character, but you always want to see him thrive and be better than and overcome his struggles, and that that's a big part of the series. Well, you've definitely piqued my interest in the series as a whole because, uh, as I said during uh, the previous break, I've not played any of them, so <laughs> I'm going to have to check the. I'm making a list here as we go through the show. Of just need to check out these games. Yeah, definitely get your hands on. on I definitely the, uh, don't game as much as I used to, say, five or so years ago. So mm-hmm. um, for me to actually sit and invest the time into a story, I, I miss it greatly. And uh, hopefully my schedule will open up um, here soon and I'll be able to actually you know, get through a game or two, which mm-hmm. I really do want <laughs> to do. We've got uh, Health uh, with Tears from Max Payne 3. And after that, uh, we've got Hibino Norihiko uh, with Snake Eater, and that's sung by uh, Cynthia Harrell, and that's from uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. And we'll uh, get into some discussion about that uh, when we come back from the break.
silence through the night What a thrill I'm searching and I'll melt into you What a fear in my heart But you're so supreme I give my from Max Payne 3 and Hibino Norihiko with Snake Eater sung by Cynthia Harrow from Metal Gear Solid 3. Metal Gear Solid is one of my brother's favorite game franchises to to ever come into existence. So I've had my fair share of, of playing these games and being exposed to these games. Really interesting song here. Uh, Just the whole Bond vibe that it gives off. And it's tongue-in-cheek. It's humorous. Yeah, and that's exactly what uh, Hideo Kojima was going for with this. With this entire game is sort of that KGB 60s spy Mm -hmm. kind of feel. Which it pulled off well. I love Metal Gear Solid 3. It it was an amazing game. Me personally, I like 4 better. Because of its emotional attachment, like it's. I have not just personally like played grand. four, but I've Ooh. seen my brother play through it. So. Yeah, no. If you if you've played through one, if you played through the first one, and I think, and then even part like three, it's basically like a fan love letter to all the fans saying mm-hmm. like, okay, here's it wrapping up, and like look at all these characters and that that what's become of them, and they're all coming together, and this is a story that affects all of them, and. Just like it addresses stuff from every single game and it, it 
if you've loved any of those games, like this game is just like, here's more and like, here's which you already love brought back into this game. It's just amazing. Like, it's very cinematic, and the fourth one is so emotional and strong. But of course, in in 3, you also get that. But overall, I feel it's more that 60s kind of feel rather than that emotional attachment experience that Hideo Kojima was trying to go for, you know? I agree. One of my favorite game uh, moments in gaming was climbing that ladder and and then being, this game, the yeah, song just playing. song kicks in and you're just cl- rung by rung and it's almost endless. You think it's going to be that staircase in Mario 64, <laughs> <laughs> like there's no end to it. But you know, you eventually get to the top and the music builds and it's just a complete non sequitur and it yeah. it made me actually chuckle out loud. And not many games can do that. Yeah, the thing with that is that you get on the ladder and you're like, but, 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 like you're just climbing it, going up and everything. And then all of a sudden you just hear, boom. Like, no, the, the vocals come in. The vocals come in. And then all of a sudden it just kicks into playing the entire song. And then uh, you finally get to the top and it's just like, okay. <laughs> <That was weird>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just climbed this long ladder and this music kicked in and it was really epic and just like, grandos and yeah it's just like then you get to the top it's like done oh okay (laughs) what was i doing all right our final block of the night is coming up and uh, some interesting selections to kind of lighten the mood right here at the end the first song is uh, a eurobeat track from the game para para paradise for the playstation 2 and that's by the artist nico and the song is called night of fire and uh, I'm playing this because last week I mentioned Para Para on the episode with Alex. It, it just made me think of uh, of this game. Now, in high school, it was well known how big of a nerd for Japanese culture I was. It just, you know, anyone who knew me knew that I was into that stuff. Even people who didn't know me knew I was into that stuff. <laughs> and uh, I remember sitting there in art class one day in this girl that, you know, I, I didn't even really talk to except for, you know, you know, cordial pleasantries. Yeah. You know, hi, how you doing? Came up and get and just kind of tossed this CD at me. Said, here, my grandmother gave this to me. You're into the, that Japanese stuff. <laughs> that Japanese stuff. <laughs> and it was the soundtrack to Para Para Paradise. And I wore the crap out of that album. <laughs> it is nothing but Eurobeat trash. It is... <laughs> catchy and will not leave your mind and no kidding i wore it's a two disc set and i wore it out and it's kind of a rare release now so i kind of wish i didn't do that (laughs) but the title alone that it kind of title reminds me of a parappa the rapper which actually thinks like i should it is a music rhythm game so it it had its own special controller where you do the para para movements kind of like ddr or dance Dance revolution But a little bit different setup. Uh, it's based around para para, not about uh, you know kind of mimicking pseudo mimicking dance moves. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's more about uh, hand waving and and turning your body and uh, the things that para para is associated with. So so no two dimensional dogs rapping with a onion karate teacher. I haven't actually played the game. I just remember wearing the soundtrack out uh, because <laughs> I I didn't ever have the the controller for it. Like I said, it's a oh, special yeah. controller. It, I believe it was done with actual um, live-action 
video of people doing the para para dances, and oh. you've got uh, these arrows that you have to you have to mimic what they're doing. So it's just kind of like a just dance kind of thing, but yeah. DDR meets just dance. Yes, exactly, exactly. All right, uh, and following not a fire, we've got something you picked out, or should I say, your girlfriend picked out? Yeah, I was actually sitting here and. Uh, I'm like, hmm, okay, I got these three songs. Maybe I could probably fit one more, but I'm not sure, just to make sure that I have enough. And she's just <laughs> like, what about the DK rap? That's a video game one. And I just like, you are so my girlfriend. Why didn't I not think of that? Because, oh, God. And we were just like laughing at the thought of it. But, hey, it's on the show now, and I hope you enjoy, because that w- honestly, that was a big part of my childhood, playing that game and beating that game, getting 99% of that game, like on that game, on my file, that was a big part of my childhood. And I played that for years and years to achieve that. And I still love that game. It if has, you don't like the DK rap, there's something wrong with your soul. Oh, if you don't like DK64, <laughs> there, that's kind of a problem right there because that is such like a great, great platformer adventure game from Rare. Like, it's an yeah. essential title along with Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie and all them. Fiance's doing a, a playthrough of Diddy Kong Racing, trying to get it 100% complete, and it's just been a headache and a half. He's d- down towards the, the end of the game, and he's like, how do you even do this? This is impossible! <laughs> Fun fact uh, with that is, uh, actually, Banjo, that was his first game. And that, of course, they started the Banjo-Kazooie series from that character and everything, and they were also going to have a... They also got Conquer. Yeah, I, I love Conker's Bad Fur Day. It, yeah. One of the best N64 titles that was ever made. It was brilliant. Yeah, and it started out as a kid's game, turned into a more adult-themed game. And then also they were going, going to do like a tip-top game. I remember h- hyping over that game. I'm so old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they were also going to do a tip-top game, which never came to be. Which is kind of sad, because growing up, everyone played as tip-top. Because they thought he was the fastest, and I think he might have been, but can't well, really... Fiance's playing through his Conquer, I believe. So. Well, of course. <laughs> early Conquer, so you're not getting, like, Conquer bad, Conquer's bad fur day. Yeah, you're getting this. friendly, lovable Conquer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what he, what the character of Conquer is supposed to be, as opposed to Conquer in the game. Because yeah. he is kind of like a, a character within the... A character within a character. So, going to wrap up tonight. Um, Dustin, where can we reach you at? Find me on geekjuicemedia.com. I put out reviews called Review Drone. I look at classic video games from my childhood that I played on PC that you should all check out. I'm also starting a new series, which should be up like a new podcast called Cadaver Cinema Radio, which essentially, if you've heard Projection Booth, which I suggest everyone go check out, they look at one movie per show, and with our show, it's one movie per show that one of us picks. But it's horror-based. It's all about horror movies and all that. And Which is uh, definitely up my alley. I, I exactly. love anything horror. Yeah. Uh, and then also, you can find me on Twitter, at PV5P, and on Facebook, of course. And you can just find me messing around on the stream here and there. So geekjuicemedia.com, if you go to the live stream there, you can check that out. And I'm just doing a whole bunch of projects and everything here and there on the site. Kind of behind, more behind the scenes, but I'm working on a little special thing that's going to be coming to uh, Geek Juice with Review Drone all the way up to Halloween to prepare for Halloween. So look out for that. I got an episode almost ready here, just reshooting all of my footage. 
So well, cracking <laughs> I, the whip yeah. on you, get it done. Well, I, but actually, all my original, my all my six plus hours and almost beating the game was all corrupted and distorted. So oh, got to use a new program and uh, get all that back. Hey, so when that happens. As usual, uh, you can reach us at oto-show.com. We're on Facebook at uh, the Oto sl- uh, slash the Oto Show. We're on Twitter at Oto Show Official. You can email me directly at mamacass at oto-show.com. We also have the Last FM group, guys. We don't have enough members on there. I keep pimping it out. You need to go join the community, make some recommendations. What do you want to see on the show? We want to hear from you. Uh, and I'd also like to thank uh, Shattered Tranquility for the recent write-up of Oto. Really pleasant news article posted on shattered-tranquility.net all about the show and us coming back to the air and we want to thank them uh, from the bottom of our hearts it really does mean a lot that they did that wish you guys um, you know have a good week uh, have a good night hope you enjoyed the last two songs this is nico night of fire from para para paradise and the dk rap from donkey kong 64 night guys <laughs> good night <laughs>
1201 Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.